0: What about favorite teachers? Do you have a favorite professor at Lee University?
1: Oh, my God, you're going to get me in so much trouble. Okay, okay.
0: Hope top Winner of a PCM season podcast. nine, The Voice, and fellow Commonwealth of Kentucky native, Jordan McKenzie Smith. Good morning, Jordan. <laughs> you use
1: the middle name. I love that.
0: When was the last time you heard it that way, though?
1: Uh, well, some, my mom and sometimes my wife use it when they get mad at me. So (laughs) I actually heard it. It's been recently. (laughs) Really? Well, we'll talk about that
0: here in a second as far as not with mom, maybe, but so I'm a Kentucky boy too. And and you are as well. You grew up though in a different part of Kentucky than I did. Harlan,
1: Kentucky. Yes, sir. Born and raised. And I live close to Harlan now. I live in Corbin, Kentucky. Okay. Now. A little closer to like civilization, but yeah, Harlan is home.
0: <laughs> for, for those that may not understand, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, so kind of the big city compared to Harlan and Corbin there. Um, yeah. how, explain, describe Harlan, Kentucky. What's Harlan, Kentucky like?
1: Um, you know, Harlan is super small. I, my actual town, hometown in, in Harlan, I think had a population of about 1,800 people. Wow. Um, super small. My church growing up had about 40 people in it. We're just like a little town, a coal mining town in the mountains of Kentucky. And it's, it's small, but they're the best people in the world. They would give you the shirt off their back if you needed it. It's It was a pretty quiet place to grow up, but honestly, it was the best place, I think, to grow up. Why? Why Why was it best? I think you've gained appreciation for how much you have. Um, you know, People there, there's not people there aren't very wealthy. They don't have, you know, everything that their heart ever desired. Um, you know, we don't have big buildings and, uh, you know, a lot of fancy things, but we make up for it in culture and in the heart of the people. Um, everybody there knows each other. Everyone's a family. Everyone's willing to help each other out. And, and it's honestly, the area itself is such surrounded by this faith based community of people. I think there are 492 churches in Harlan County, so, um, you know, it's it's a place of very strong faith, which I think, you know, I attribute my strong faith background to that. Um, it's just a really lovely, pleasant, awesome place to be. What in the world
0: is poke salad? Poke salad.
1: <laughs> poke salad. Okay. There's, I don't know, there's this plant that grows called poke, P-O-K-E, and You have to, you like people like cut the leaves off and it's like a wild, it's basically a weed. It's like a wild plant that grows. It's not like lettuce. Um, And people cut the leaves off and you have to prepare it a specific way because if you don't like, if it grows to a certain point or you eat a certain part of it, it can be like poisonous, but you prepare it a certain way, basically like you would like collard greens or something like that. And it's called poke salad. Wow. And it's like a staple of home.
0: And you actually have a festival there in Harlem, Kentucky, around that, the Poke Salad Festival.
1: Yeah. And it's Poke Salad. So it's P-O-K-E-S-A-L-L-E-T, Poke Salad. Poke
0: Salad, not salad, but salad. Salad there yes and so before you won american uh, or not american oh that's a bad word uh before you won the voice you you won the poke salad idol competition is what you did
1: yes yes i actually did um which is kind of like you know modeled after one of the, the talent shows but it's basically just a big talent show and people from all over can can be a part of it and so that was sort of my before i went on to the voice i was sort of known as as the winner of that and now i think it's even called i think it's called the voice of poke now instead of salad. <laughs> i poke it's kind of voice of, yeah, so they, I, the voice yeah i left my mark for sure on the <laughs> <laughs> well how did you get
0: from harland and and being the poke salad winner of, of the voice now or poke salad to lee university in cleveland tennessee
1: you know my grandfather actually um lived in augusta georgia for many years and he was the first person to introduce me to lee university he showed me a video and told me about the lee singers when i was probably in like sixth grade seventh grade and i fell in love i was like okay this is this is the place and he was like you know he loved voices of lee he would go to like quartet conventions and he oh, would yeah. you know he watched these singers and so um, he sort of introduced me to Lee University um, because I didn't grow up in the Church of God, even though it's a Church of God school. So um, I actually went there in the seventh grade just to visit. I was like, let's just go check it out. And I fell in love. And so I knew from the time I was in seventh grade until I, you know, I graduated high school that I was going to be going to Lee University.
0: What are your favorite memories from from uh, Lee University? Any fond oh my memories gosh. there? Oh, um, gosh
1: that feels sometimes it feels like such a lifetime ago because so much life has happened in the mm-hmm. few years since i've been there um but gosh i have so many good memories i had the best friends i traveled with the Singers. we went all over the country we went to italy we went to uh indonesia and singapore um yeah we had some pretty pretty incredible times on the road did you ever make it up to the okoe river and go whitewater rafting I, okay, listen, I'm the clumsiest person alive, so I was not going to risk my life going whitewater rafting. Okay. I would, I would hurt myself bad, for sure. What about
0: favorite teachers? Do you have a favorite professor at Lee University?
1: Oh, my God, you're going to get me in so much trouble.
0: Okay, okay. Among the many incredible professors and teachers you had at Lee University, is there one that you feel right now needs to uh, to get a little boost?
1: Yeah. You know, I think now he's like in charge of a whole bunch of stuff and has gotten like a million promotions and it's like really important. But, um, you know, when I first went there, the really the first professor that I came in contact with that had an impact on me immediately, especially the music side of things was Dr. Moffat. He was the director of the Lee Singers and he directs this thing called the Freshman Choir. So when you go to Lee and you're a freshman, the very first weekend you're there, they have a huge worship service and all of the incoming freshmen are invited to participate in the choir for that service. So it's like a whole weekend of events, but basically you go and you rehearse and there are solos you can audition for and then they have this huge service and you get to sing on stage during your first week at school and i was a part of that and he directed that because he's the director of chapel music yeah i just remember there was a there was a solo that was actually meant for a girl it was a christy Knuckles song and i just like really loved the song and i thought well why you know how come a guy can't try for it so i auditioned for this female solo and he didn't give it to me even though i killed it he said you know i just think it'd be a little weird for this to be a girl song and a guy to be up there singing i feel like maybe it would distract people and you know we just want people to be in a worshipful moment i think looking back he probably regrets that a little bit now (laughs) because i ended up working with him in singers for the whole rest of my time at lee and he was just from that moment forward, he became an instrumental part of who I am as a vocalist, as a musician, as a person, as a believer. He was like a pastor to me during that time. Um, and and yeah, he just is incredible. And now, like I said, he's doing huge things for the school. But um, We're still friends. He's still one of my biggest mentors in my life, so I really appreciate him. If you're listening, Doctor Moffat, I just said all kinds of really great things about you.
0: (laughs) Yes, he did. He did. I'll, I'll second that. And and by the way, a lot of people don't realize this. When you're at music school, you're actually learning how to use your voice so that it you can it'll carry you for the rest of your career or whatever. What what's the number one? If somebody is listening right now that is likes to sing, maybe thinking about a career in voice. What's the number one tip you would give them right now as far as how to use their voice, how to protect their instrument?
1: Yeah, I I think vocal health is the biggest part of being a musician, being a singer, because like you said, you want this to last you your entire life. You want to have a long career. You want to be able to sing forever. So um, there are lots of things. I think it's honestly just finding someone who that's their thing finding a teacher, finding a voice teacher, or, you know, a voice coach, a vocal coach, that that's their thing. They know how to help you sing properly. They know how they can teach you placement. They can teach you technique that, um, can help you have uh, a lasting career and protect your vocal cords. I think that's the biggest part is find somebody, find somebody that really knows what they're doing. I mean, there are times even now I still work with a vocal coach and I still use techniques and things that I learned during my time with a voice teacher at least. So I think that's the most important thing is someone that really knows what they're doing to help you protect your instrument.
0: So you went on the voice and of course they have the judges slash coaches that are on there. Would you ever like to be a, a judge on the voice to be one of the coaches?
1: You know, I think it'd be a lot of pressure because I'm, I would be the guy that's like, I want everybody on my team. I would turn <laughs> around for the, like the first 48 people. I would just turn around. That chair would be like a tur-
0: tilt-a-whirl, be spinning around so many times.
1: Yeah. I, I would be so, turning around so much. I would be sick. But, um, but yeah, I think I would love it. I think for me, it was a really cool thing to work with a coach. I worked with Adam Levine and we had such a cool working relationship. And it was so awesome to just like be in the room with him and bounce ideas off of each other as a fellow musician and as someone who's been successful in the industry. So if I ever made it to that like point of greatness, yeah, I would love to be a coach one day.
0: So have you been asked to sing at Blake Shelton and uh, Gwen Stefani's wedding yet?
1: <laughs> Not yet. I'm still waiting for that invitation. <laughs> I have a couple of songs in mind though.
0: Yeah, what what would you sing at, at their wedding? What would it be?
1: Oh my gosh, uh, probably like um, "From This Moment On" by Shania. <laughs> 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 that was the wedding song. Like when I was a kid, singing in people's weddings, that was the song everybody wanted. So I would sing, I would sing that at their wedding if they wanted me to.
0: I sang I Will Be Here from Stephen Curtis Chapman to my wife in our wedding 30 I years I will ago. be
1: here, yeah. and you can cry on my shoulder. Yeah, that's a good song. And there's
0: been a lot of that crying on our shoulder, too, for sure. I sing that at a wedding, too. I <laughs> yeah, bet. Hey, what's something that you would definitely want to, uh, um, to do before you enter your 30s? I know you got like a couple of years left. What is, what's probably the one thing you have to do before you enter your 30s?
1: Ooh, that's a really good one. Um, I, hmm. I mean, obviously there's like places I want to go, things I want to see. I think for me, I want to, I think I'd like to write a book. And I want to do it before I get too old, because then hopefully I can write more books. Um, but I just think I've lived a really interesting sort of journey through going on a reality tv show the whole thing happened afterwards and i wanted i want to write it all down while it's fresh now it may never actually make it to anyone to be read but i want to like you know go back and like uh, recount the whole thing and, and write it all down so i think in the next couple of years i'm going to find the time to sort of sit down and write out some of those do you have a working
0: title is there a title that would come to mind right now
1: no idea probably jordan smith the, the funniest most attractive uh, best person alive i don't know
0: <laughs> okay enough about your, enough about your wife um so coming up coming up on 5 years of marriage june 25th what has uh kristen taught you the most
1: oh my gosh so many things well you know she is a little just a tad bit older than me so she's basically raised me so she's taught me a lot of things um no I you know being with her has been honestly the thing that has kept me I think through all of this I I mean I'm a person of great faith and so that's been at the forefront of, of everything that I've done through my career to this point but having a support system like her having someone at the end of the day to remind me of the things that are important and remind me that, you know, everything's going to be okay and remind me of the reason why I do what I do. Um, That's been a strong foundation for me. That's been the thing that's kept me tied to the ground sometimes. Um, So I'm so grateful for her. But the thing, she always says this one, this one thing, and it really just like, it keeps me calm in moments when I really want to just like freak out and panic, or if I do something wrong or I mess up, she always says, they can't take your birthday. And I just live by that. If I start, you know, because I'm a person that I take things so seriously that sometimes if one small thing goes wrong, I'm like, it's the end of the world. How will I ever recover? Um, and she always reminds me, she's like, hey, they can't take your birthday. Like at the end of the day, you're still going to be alive. The sun's still going to come up tomorrow. It's all going to be good.
0: If I were to ask her that same question, in five years of marriage, what has Jordan taught you most? What do you think
1: she'd say? She, hmm, i probably taught her how to have a ton of patience because I'm a lot to deal with, but she would probably say, um, hopefully I would hope she would say that I've been able to share with her um, just about self-confidence and about seeing yourself the way other people see you. I think we're our own worst critic. And I think that we sometimes forget how the people that love us see us and and we don't always see ourselves through those eyes and we forget how god sees us sometimes um and and i think that she's incredible and i think sometimes she doesn't see how incredible and amazing that she is um but that's been something that over the years of our relationship i've always tried to instill in her is like hey listen you're 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 stronger than you think you are you're smarter than you think you are like you're the real deal and and i hope that she like It's starting, maybe in the back of her mind, she's starting to be like, hey, I kind of am pretty great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, five years of marriage is probably not. I mean, I I know my wife and I are probably a little different, but in five years of marriage, you all haven't had any arguments. Well, yeah. Okay. You probably had at least one. What was your most recent argument about and who won?
1: Oh, my gosh. Our most recent? I don't even know. It was probably, okay, here's what happened. So, we have a huge ice storm in kentucky the last weekend and when we got out of the car before the like it really hit because it was like it was pretty icy and stuff and then we got an even worse sort of storm so before we got out of the car she said we should take the keys inside with us because we always just kind of we live in a great neighborhood so if anybody's listening this is probably bad to say but sometimes we leave our car unlocked now i'm gonna lock it forever (laughs) because i'm saying this to a bunch of people but we live in a really good neighborhood and so sometimes we leave our car unlocked and she said we should probably take the keys inside that way we can use our keyless entry to start the car make it warm make all the ice melt off so we can actually get into it you know later and i said no it it should be fine you know it's not that big of a deal like i'll I'll come out and start it and make sure it's all good because i'm going to come out and make sure that the driveway is all safe for you and everything anyway we are leaving a couple days later we're like you know it's probably safe enough now enough has melted off for us to go and try to trek out and get some stuff from the store so we're leaving and we get to the car and it's completely frozen shut (laughs) and she's like wow if only someone had thought to get the keys out so we could have started with the keyless keyless start and our car would be warm and it wouldn't be frozen shut so we kind of had a little You know thing there i was like it's fine i'm gonna get into it it's not a big deal like you know so you're out out, out there with a hair
0: dryer and extension cord right trying to get
1: into the car yeah 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 so that was probably our it wasn't even really a big argument it was kind of like a little disagreement but it was my fault she was right as always she's always right
0: if you could drop it all right now and do it what would you be doing
1: i would probably be on a beach somewhere (laughs) (laughs) With Kristen and me and ideally our dogs. Yeah. I think I would probably be somewhere on a nice vacation because I'm always doing that. I'm always doing it. I'm really fortunate that my job and my career and my life revolves around it for me. And I get to live out honestly, the things that I've always dreamed about doing. So the thing of like wanting to drop something and just, and just live out your dream for me is always, I always am like, yeah, I would love to go somewhere with Kristen that we've never been, or, oh, I would love to just be relaxing somewhere warm right now. It's kind of sad that that's that's the reality for me, but yeah, I get to live the dream every day, so those things look different, I think.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Where where would you go if you had one place that you think, oh my gosh, one day I hope to go enjoy this with Kristen, where would it be?
1: Probably like, I don't know, I want to go to Australia.
0: Yeah, I
1: hear you. Never been, so I'd like to go there. Or New Zealand, or maybe both in one trip. Yeah, you're
0: that close. You might as well. And you might as well yeah, stop by Hawaii, something. too, on the way. That's what I'm told.
1: Oh, we love Hawaii, too. So, yeah, I'll gotcha. just I'll pop through there for a couple of days. <laughs>
0: so, you, you said that it's extremely important for you to let everyone know that it's okay to be different. Why? Yeah. Why is that so important to you?
1: Um, I think sometimes one of the greatest tactics that are used against us is um that we're different that we that we're different from everyone else or we're alone in the way that we feel um i think feeling isolated is so extremely dangerous for our mental health i think it's dangerous for our souls i think that if we feel alone or we feel like no one's been through what we're going through or no one understands us then um that leads that's a quick road to the feeling of hopelessness and i always want people to know like regardless of how bad things seem. Or regardless of, of how bad life may feel, there's always hope. There's always a chance for improvement. As long as you're breathing, there's a chance things can turn around. And uh, and so for me, you know, I I felt different when I went on the show. I was drawn to the voice because of the blind audition process, and because I didn't look like you know a pop star. I didn't look like someone that um, you know that I'm seeing in magazines or on TV as rock stars and and people in the industry. Um, and my voice was different. My gift was different than theirs. And so it was important for me and still is important for me to be able to tell people like, sometimes the thing that makes you different is what's, what sets you apart and makes you special. That's why God made you the way you are, because you're there's only one of you and you have a purpose. And so I just think it's important for people to know that that's the biggest way that we can combat uh, people feeling hopeless and people feeling like they don't have a reason to live or people feeling alone in their situation is to know that like, it's okay to feel like that. We all feel like that at different times, but we're not alone in the fact that we're all different.
0: God is so awesome in that he can craft each and every one of us so differently, and he never runs out of of imagination or things he can do. Your new song is called Great You Are. Not Great Are You, but Great You Are. Tell us about that song and, and how that plays such a pivotal role in what you just said about being different, too.
1: Yeah, Great You Are, honestly, I'm so glad this song is is being released now. I think it's a really good song for this time. Number one, for me as an artist, I think it was time for me to be able to make this bold declaration of faith and say what this song says, you know, like let everything that I am reflect your love to the world, declare how great you are, reveal the glory of how great you are. And so for me, it was important as an artist to make that statement at this time. And then I think it was important, too, for people to be able to have this statement for themselves, you know, to to say, like, Lord, in this time of chaos and and the global pandemic and and the current climate of our country and our world you can have all of it. You can have the failures. You can have the successes. You can have all of my blessings. When I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed, like I know you're in control. You are the one that's on the throne and you can have all of those things in exchange for just your goodness. And so I think, um, I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's a perfect song for now. And I think that it reminds us all like, like you were saying, I was just saying, you know, we're all different, but we're all special. It reminds us all like, We all have worship to give. When it says, I won't let the rocks cry out, that comes from the story in in the Bible when Jesus is entering into Jerusalem and the people are bowing down and saying, Hosanna and worshiping him. And the Pharisees tell Jesus to stop the people from worshiping him. And he says, if they don't worship me, then the rocks themselves will cry out. So we all have a gift to give. Even though we are different, we all have worship to give. We all have a chance to live out our worship every day.
0: Amen. You need to write your book, and that way you can have the song, the album, and the book have the same title.
1: Oh, look at you, Ted. Okay, I need to hire Ted as my like uh, my publicist or something. Here. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> as soon as you explain to me about the dogs behind you on the wall, there, I'm sure those are your kids, quote unquote. Oh yeah, tell, tell our, me the pictures these are I'm looking. Our children,
1: at. our only kids for now. Those, listen, we are like dangerously obsessed. Those pictures are like four and a half feet tall each. <laughs> They're bigger than even life size. Neither of our dogs are actually even that big, um, but we have basically this shrine to our dogs here in my office. Um, yeah, we're just obsessed with them. They're for everybody. That one's Jagger. He's the seven pound Shih Tzu, and then that one's Jane. She's the fifty pound Golden Doodle.
0: You and Kristen and my wife are like like puppies in a litter. That's she. She has a love <laughs> for dogs. I, I like one dog at a time, but when I go home, all we've got. F- four dogs at our house right now and when yeah. i go home and lay on the couch after being here all day long they have to be on top of me they think they have to be yeah. on top of me so um jordan thank you so much my last question i have for you here and thanks for spending the time with us today how can how can i how can our ministry here how can our listeners and 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 uh, um, people that are listening to this podcast how can we minister to pray for you and Kristen?
1: Well, first of all, thank you. That is so kind. You know, I think that all of us are dealing with so many difficulties right now that we never expected. I've heard the word unprecedented (laughs) about a million times in the last year and a half. Um, So for us, I think it's just, you know, we want to be able to be a light for people. We want to be able to uh, to be a couple that other couples can look to not because we're perfect or because we know everything about what it means to be a happy couple or be strong or, you know, anything like that. But just the fact of, you know, we want to be a light to people. We want people to know that it's okay not to be perfect. And, and that, you know, marriage is worth making it work. I personally want to be an artist that uplifts people and helps people. And there's a huge amount of pressure that comes with that, um, to be perfect and to have it all together. So I think if anything, you know, we obviously just always ask for prayer for strength and encouragement, but, you know, just, that we can always find ways in the middle of our personal struggles to uplift others and to use that in ways that other people can relate to and can glean from. We just always need help with that. It's always mm-hmm. difficult to share our personal struggles and be vulnerable. So we just need, you know, we just need strength and and then also when to like not overshare
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you're speaking my language my wife would say now you're my brother because i'm that way she's always like ted you don't have to share everything you know so um yeah do you mind if i pray with you can i pray with you real quick Oh, I would love that. Thank you, Ted. God, I just thank you so much for Jordan and for the the gift and the anointing that you've placed on his heart. And God, I thank you that you have raised him up for such a time as this and all that he's experienced, all that you've led him through. And now, God, to bring him to this point in his life where he and Christian can can just honor you with their marriage. And Lord, I know that there are other couples that are looking up to them and, and, and watching them. And God, I pray that they would always see you. I pray that you would help Jordan to be the husband he needs to be, that he would outserve his maid every single day, that you would bless Kristen, help her to be the wife she needs to be for Jordan. And Lord, as they are on that that raised pedestal, if you will, being in His the profession, the ministry you've given him, I pray that you would always protect him that you would always watch over him and care for him and help him just to be emblazoned, emboldened, Father, with, with your love and sharing that. I pray for this new song, that God, you would just use it and touch and impact lives like never before. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Hope Talk, a PCM podcast.